Today is Friday, January 20th. The title for our devotional is Celebrate Freedom. This week we've been talking about the celebration motif in the Passover and the Lord's Supper. All week I've been leading up to the question of what are we celebrating in the Lord's Supper? Just like the Passover celebration, at the Lord's Supper we're celebrating freedom and liberation. Not from Egypt, but from our sin and the consequences of sin. Before we dive into that, though, it's worth noting that the Lord's Supper is by nature a community celebration. One cannot celebrate the Lord's Supper in isolation. Like the Hebrew people for generations would gather in Jerusalem to celebrate the Passover and the Feast of Unleavened Bread together, so the Lord's Supper should be celebrated with community. Last week we saw that communion reminds us of our unity one to another. Like the piece of bread we consume was broken off from one loaf, so each one of us is one piece in the bigger loaf, or one part in the larger body of Christ. And so, community celebration is an integral part of the Lord's Supper. Back to the celebration of liberation in the Lord's Supper. Jesus says in John 8:36, So if the Son sets you free, you will be free indeed. Free from what, we might ask? Free to do whatever we want, whenever we want to? No, not really. The broader context reveals what Jesus means. To the Jews who had believed him, Jesus said, If you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. They answered him, We are Abraham's descendants and have never been slaves of anyone. How can you say that we shall be set free? Jesus replied, Very truly I tell you, everyone who sins is a slave to sin. Now a slave has no permanent place in the family, but a son belongs to it forever. So if the Son sets you free, you will be free indeed. So we see there Jesus is talking about freedom from sin, freedom from our slavery to sin. In Romans 6, Paul makes this point abundantly clear. Let's read a few segments of this chapter. This is one of my favorite chapters in all of Scripture. What shall we say then? Shall we go on sinning so that grace may increase? By no means. We are those who have died to sin. How can we live in it any longer? Or don't you know that all of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that, just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. For if we have been united with him in a death like his, we will certainly also be united with him in a resurrection like his. For we know that our old self was crucified with him so that the body ruled by sin might be done away with, that we would no longer be slaves to sin, because anyone who has died has been set free from sin. Now, if we died with Christ, we believe that we will also live with him. For we know that since Christ was raised from the dead, he cannot die again. Death no longer has mastery over him. The death he died, he died to sin once and for all. But the life he lives, he lives to God. In the same way, Count yourselves dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. Fast forwarding to verse 17 and 18, he says, But thanks be to God that though you used to be slaves to sin, you have come to obey from your heart the pattern of teaching that has now claimed your allegiance. You have been set free from sin and have become slaves to righteousness. Fast forwarding again to verses 20 to 23. When you were slaves to sin, you were free from the control of righteousness. What benefit did you reap at that time from the things you are now ashamed of? Those things result in death. But now that you have been set free from sin and have become slaves of God, the benefit you reap leads to holiness, and the result is eternal life. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God 
is eternal life in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Jesus is our liberator, our deliverer. In him we are free from our soul's greatest adversary, sin. We are not, however, then free to do whatever we want. We are liberated from sin to become bound to righteousness, in verse 18, and servants of God, in verse 22. The result of our bondage to sin was death. The result of our new life, bound to God and righteousness, is eternal life, the resurrection life that only Jesus gives. In communion, then, we celebrate the death of our former selves, enslaved to sin, and our new eternal life, united to Christ. This new life in Christ gives us freedom, then, to commune with God. It gives us freedom to reject evil and choose the good. It gives us a taste of the hope we have in the ultimate liberation of creation that Jesus will bring upon his return. This indeed, friends, is reason to celebrate.